the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Charlie Kirk Show. Now on a podcast near you. Most of us didn't see this coming. In fact, we've been stunned as we watch it unfold. America's young people have become so indoctrinated that more than half of them now think socialism is a good idea. How did this happen? We weren't paying attention. All the nation's schools taught this confounding ideology to our kids. Now those kids are adults. Now they want to fundamentally change the way America works. This radio station exists to educate and return this country to the way it was founded. We have a country to save. Keep listening to find out how. AM 1250, The Answer. So how did we do in hopscotch? Um, I know the U.S. won the bronze medal in skateboarding over the weekend. That's right, skateboarding. And the 20-year-old kid who did America proud is Jagger Eaton. And I say kid because, you know, it's skateboarding. And I don't know if you were aware of it or not, but skateboarding is one of the worst things ever to happen to the United States of America Kids who used to be walking around with a basketball or maybe a football or a glove, you know, a ball, a glove, and a bat, uh, you now see them walking down the street carrying skateboards. It was one thing when it was kids, you know, young kids, but now adults can be seen skateboarding around. I've almost been run over twice, by the way, on a sidewalk in Mount Lebanon in the last few weeks. Uh, uh, I'm a grown man. This creep actually said, get out of the way as he came down the sidewalk. And I, I, I actually did get out of the way. Uh, and the second time he did it, I, I, he said, are you going to stand in the way? And I said, yeah, I am. And then I told him to grow up. Anyway, he didn't punch me in the face and I survived. But, um, it, it, you know, it, it would have been bad enough if he would have been a 12-year-old. But he looked to be in his 20s at least. It was 8.30 in the morning on a Monday and he's cruising down the sidewalk on a skateboard. Again, he's in his 20s probably mean uh, fewer guys showing up at the uh, this whole thing with the Olympics that we now have, you know, skateboarding in the Olympics is, is going to give more credibility to it for eternal teenagers like him. Probably mean fewer guys showing up at the playgrounds with basketballs. Meanwhile, Japan won the gold medal in women's skateboarding. The winner is 13 years old. And I rest my case. And you know what? Maybe we should forget the idea of having teams representing countries. Listen to what uh, New York Times columnist William C. Roden said over the weekend. Do you look like, at the Olympics differently now? Do you even wait, think we should be happen? Should yeah, happen? yeah. I've covered like about five of them. And, and, and I was telling you, my favorite part of the Olympics was always going to the stadium for the opening ceremonies. I love yes. that I love too. the opening ceremonies, yeah. March of Cunt. Then I just realized, you know, man, particularly after these last four years, I had it wrong. Nationalism is not good. We've seen the rise of white nationalism. Nationalism is not good. And also, this whole idea, I, I keep thinking back on the uh, Capitol riots, mm-hmm. and I saw a lot of, um, you know, U.S. flags. Right. So now when I see the flag and the flag raises, what, 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 what America am I living in? You know, are the ones that don't think, you know, we should be here, the ones that think that uh, we should shut things down, the ones that... Th- so, th- so I just think that this is a very... These Olympics... Uh, it should be a time of, of soul-searching. And, and winning sometimes is antithetic to soul-searching. And that's William C. Roden. He has never written a column without bringing up race within the first three paragraphs. And he's brought on to the Sunday shows to do what he just did right there. Anyway, if there's anything that makes the Olympics uh, less interesting, it's, you know, all those flags and, and all that nationalism. <laughs> Oh, boy. When we come back, we're going to talk about how the Democrats are doing their best to make sure kids in Washington, D.C. graduate from high school without learning anything. Stick around. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. 
A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 831-21. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrustpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrustpittsburgh.com. Political correctness has perverted politeness and turned it into a weapon of censorship and intimidation, and we are perilously close to being permanently silenced. This is Michael Knowles from The Daily Wire. For decades, the more we have fought against political correctness, the more ground we have lost to the bad guys. Today, you can no longer keep your social media account or your job and praise America's founding fathers, denounce critical race theory in classrooms, or suggest that there are only two biological sexes. How did we get to this point? In my new book, Speechless, I reveal the radical hundred-year history of political correctness. I diagnose how the left transformed our language through Marxist tactics, and most importantly, show how we can beat the power-hungry language architects at their own game and win back the right to speak the truth. Senator Ted Cruz is calling it the most important book on free speech in decades. It's the new book, Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, by Michael Knowles. Order now from Amazon or wherever books are sold. This is John Stagerwald. You know, I used to think that all towels are pretty much the same, but I found out with my pillow towels, that's not the case. Towels just don't seem to dry anymore. They feel soft and lotiony in the stores, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at MyPillow found out that around 2006, towels changed forever. They started importing them and adding softeners and other things to the cotton that made them feel good, but they didn't work. He found the best towel company right here in the USA, and they have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. They're all made with USA cotton. They come with the MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. You can get a six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths made with USA cotton, soft and absorbent, regularly $109.99, now $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com. Click on the new radio listener specials. Get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 for these great radio specials. This summer, we all want to reconnect with friends and family. And the team at Legacy Box can help you make the most of your time together by enabling you to revisit classic memories while creating new ones. Legacy Box is an affordable way to have footage of family milestones trapped on home movies and photos safely stored on a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. The process is remarkably simple. Just follow the guide from Legacy Box's all-inclusive kit, and their experienced team will create digital copies of your videotapes, film reels, and photos. Soon you'll have everything saved on the format of your choice, along with your originals. Imagine highlights from the past digitally preserved and always ready to share. Even better, Legacy Box is offering 40% off this week. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to take advantage of this limited-time offer and ensure your past is always within reach. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to save 40%. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. I've been saying for a long time that uh, school choice should be the Republicans' number one issue and that they talk about it a lot, but don't walk the walk. Uh, you've been hearing it on this uh, show if you listen here regularly, but there are schools and cities run by Democrats where half the kids don't make a 1.0. That's a passing grade. One of those cities is Washington, D.C., where the Opportunity Scholarship Program gives some kids a chance. The Democrats, of course, plan to put an end to that as soon as possible. Lindsey Burke is the director of the Heritage Foundation Center for Education Policy, and she joins us now. Lindsay, thanks for coming on the show again. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me back. So what is the uh, Opportunity Scholarships Program? Well, it is a scholarship program that provides vouchers to low-income children in Washington, D.C., and they can use those scholarships to attend any private school in the district that meets their needs. It was created by Congress all the way back in 2004, so it's the only federally funded, congressionally approved school choice program in the country. 
which I would add is appropriate, by the way, because D.C. is under the jurisdiction of Congress. And it has just been wildly successful since it was created about two decades ago. Gee, that sounds like a pretty good thing. Uh, What's not to like about it? Yeah, well, what's not to like about it is that in the minds of the teachers' unions, this is money that can follow students out of the government-assigned public school system and into a private school of choice that those unions don't control. And so, of course, they pushed back on this program. They fought against it when it was being created back in 2004, and they have really fought it at every single turn. And, you know, I would note that during the Obama administration, the eight years of the Obama administration, at nearly every single opportunity, President Obama tried to zero out funding for this program. And now we're seeing the exact same thing play out again under the Biden administration. And it is just so incredibly frustrating because not only is it highly successful, right, 21 percentage point increase in the likelihood of graduates graduating high school, uh, but it's also coming at a fraction of what is spent in D.C. public schools. D.C. public schools are spending now about $30,000 per year per pupil, and the scholarships range from about $8,000 to $12,000 per student. So for a fraction of what is being spent on the public education system in D.C., which is not producing by any stretch of the imagination the types of results we would all want to see, the scholarship program is just doing phenomenally well for participating families. So, so now you've you've uh, I've asked you two questions, and in both answers you describe something. It sounds like heaven for any any family <laughs> living in Washington D.C. with the choice of school choice or sending their kid to one of their rotten city schools. What is the argument that? And I don't mean the argument that the Democrats make to the media when they're asked about it or when they give a speech. What's the argument that they give to the parents of kids who uh, who who um, benefit from these scholarships and when they tell them that you're going to go back to the public school and how that's better for them? What's the argument that they make? There you is know, there that's one. a great question. And I wonder if they've ever actually had to really make that argument directly to parents, because that is an incredibly difficult argument to make because it is, in fact, an argument that just doesn't hold water. I mean, these, yes, and and this is something that, by the way, when the Obama administration tried to end the program, Arne Duncan, the Secretary of Education at the time, actually stripped 216 scholarships away from families who had recently been awarded those vouchers. So it would have been very interesting to see what their argument was, because there is no argument that they have that is based on providing quality education options to kids or really based in in good political science, quite frankly. I mean, it is a win not only for families, it's a win for the children who have higher academic attainment outcomes. They are safer, far safer than they are in D.C. public schools. Their parents are happier, right? And it's a win for the taxpayer as well. So there's no good reason to try to eliminate this program, which, again, is actually an appropriate role of Congress because D.C. public schools are under its jurisdiction. It all just comes down to politics. And look, we can look at the amount of money that the Biden administration is proposing to spend on the Department of Education. Their budget this year would nearly double the amount of money that we spend at the Federal Department of Education, which has zero achievements to point to in its track record 40-year history. And yet they would double that agency's budget while they would try to end this extreme, extremely small $17 million program that is actually producing these phenomenal results. And if I might throw in a personal opinion on that, zero reason for existing. Uh, That's right. the, the, the federal, even they shouldn't, the federal government should have nothing to say with it, if you ask me. But um, so they're spending, did you say close, to, uh, how much did you say they're spending per student? 30000 Right. So exactly. Revenue per pupil in D.C. public schools is about $30,000 per kid per year. And so I, I don't know about the uh, – there's some really good uh, private schools around here in, in western PA yeah. that cost about $20,000 a year for kids to go to. I mean, they're, they're, uh, they're re- just uh, amazingly good sh- schools that produce you know great results, and they're only charging 20000 So, um, again – you're talking about Washington D.C. that I think voted like 94 percent or whatever it was for for, uh, for uh, Joe Biden in 2020, 
And you have Donald Trump who's out there. He, he's been pushing school choice since day one, since he showed up in 2016. And how is it that the Democrats keep getting the support of the people whose kids are being sent to these rotten schools, uh, even though that the, the, the opponent is trying to give them a way to escape the schools? It, it just makes no sense. Right. Well, and you know, I think that that's something that is starting to change uh, somewhat, right, as we see school choice grow in general across the country. Right. I mean, this year has been phenomenal. We have seen seven states just this year adopt brand new school choice programs. West Virginia got a nearly universal school choice program in place about two months ago, which means every single child in West Virginia who currently attends a public school will now be able to use a school choice option, an education savings account, to attend a private school of choice. This is really amazing, and it's partly a reflection of the fact that voters across the political spectrum, that families writ large, want school choice. And we see this play out in places like Florida as well, time and time again. And so I do think that there's a recognition that there is a misalignment uh, happening in, in many cases. But if you look at all the polling that's out there and if you talk to families, they overwhelmingly want to be able to select the school for their child that is the right fit, that reflects their values and hopes and aspirations and dreams for their children. And thankfully, that is actually becoming a reality now. And when you couple that with the fact that the teachers unions kept schools closed all year last year for millions of children, and then you couple that with the fact that once they reopened, parents are confronted with critical race theory in the classroom, we are seeing more and more parents now really demanding choice. And that number is starting to grow even more. Well, that's a good thing. I, I just saw it. I, I don't remember what city it was or what district, but I just saw it a few minutes ago. Um, some uh, A teacher's union got a 2000 They're getting $2,000 bonuses for showing up for in-class, uh, for in-person uh, classes, um, you know, in order to go back. They're going to pay them each $2,000 extra dollars for their bravery for showing up for a disease that has 99.7% uh, survival rate. It's, it's, the stupidity is just beyond belief, and you're talking about education. Well, and now we're at a point where you see the teachers' unions starting to sort of foreshadow what could happen this fall, right? You're seeing the, the teachers' unions start to tweet things out, for instance, saying, well, you know, online learning can be useful oh, yeah. uh, in, in times like this. So the, the question is out there now. You know, are they planning the same um, antics for the fall? And, of course, that has created a lot of uncertainty already, and we're only at the end of July for families. Um, so I, I think, you know, I, as, as families across the country are thinking about what school looks like this fall, I think for some families they should start thinking about having an alternative plan in place because I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility that the teachers' unions will once again try to keep schools closed. Yeah, we had the uh, the the guy very much responsible for what happened in West Virginia on the show right after that was um, uh, determined a couple of months ago that they were going to have this these uh, I think they get a check for like every kid gets forty six hundred dollars right uh, and they can take it wherever they want uh, at some point and we're talking to Lindsay Burke she's the director of the Heritage Foundation Center for Education at some point it's got to ter- I mean I've been hearing about this and so have you I'm sure for a long time. At some point, it's got to, if like in West Virginia, if you give every uh, family forty five hundred dollars per kid, they're, go- they're at some point. Don't we have to have private schools start to open up where it only costs five or six thousand dollars a year to go right. there? I mean, this is the wonderful thing about market economies, right? I mean, once families actually have control over, by the way, it's their money, right? right. Over their money that we're spending in the public system. Once that money's in that child's pocket. The market always responds. We will see innovative providers pop up to meet the particular needs of families. And this is why I really like what West Virginia has done with an education savings account, because it is so flexible. It does everything a school voucher would do. You can use it to pay private school tuition, but you can also use it to pay for private tutors or online learning or um, textbooks and curricula. So it's incredibly flexible. It allows families to tailor the exact education needs uh, that their child has and and get services for those needs. And at the end of the day, I think this all comes down to the fact that slowly we are getting to a point where everyone is recognizing that what Milton Friedman said back in 1955 was correct, that just because we publicly fund education does not require 
government delivery of schooling. And so, yes, public financing, but let's separate the financing from the delivery of services, fund the child directly and allow families to choose whatever learning environment works for them. And you know what that includes? And I talked about this with the guy from West Virginia whose name escapes me right now, but I um, uh, apologize for that. But but uh, is that you could you could theoretically you uh, ten families each with a fifth grader could get together and hire a, a, a an accredited teacher, and it would be homeschooling basically. But you could pay this teacher sixty thousand, seventy thousand dollars a year to teach one class of of ten kids for the yeah. year. That would be it. That's and, right. And and, 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 and and seeing what we saw last year with families, their response to the pandemic. So many families formed these pandemic pods. Right. I mean, this was civil society in action, and so we know families are eager to do that. And so you're exactly right. Imagine if all families had control over their share of education funding and could create those learning pods and micro schools and band together with other families and pay teachers directly. I mean, that really is, I think, the dream moving forward. And I I think in West Virginia, it was Garrett Ballinger, perhaps, who you were talking to, but he's at the Cardinal Institute and has just done phenomenal work uh, getting ESAs in West Virginia. Yeah. Uh, And and again, it just stuns me, um, Lindsay, that this isn't spreading like wildfire, like it's not a gigantic movement. And I, I've always felt, as I said in my introduction to you, I think I did anyway, that um, that the Republicans have talked about this for a long time, but I just don't think they walk the walk. And I've told some Republicans that I've had here on the show that I, I really don't think that they – I just think they talk about it too much and have not done enough about it. Because if they if they had done it, it just this this stupidity couldn't exist if some, if the Republicans were doing this right. Yeah, well, you know, and I am maybe a little more optimistic. I try to be optimistic <laughs> at least, and you know, look. Well, I'm a radio back, host, and, so I you know. <laughs> but you know, 20 years ago, we had four states with school choice programs. That was it. Mm-hmm. And today, we have 29 states and DC that has some form of choice in place. Um, you know, whether it's a voucher, or tax credit, scholarship, or an education savings account. And, you know, yes, we're still at the point where, you know, it's fewer than 600,000 children who have access. And, you know, we're up against 55 million in the public system. So there's definitely a long ways to go. But I think for a robust public policy, we have made incredible progress just in a, in a relatively short amount of time over the past 20 years. Yeah, I agree with that. I'll give them credit for that. But I, you know, And they have uh, pushed it at the state level. But I'd still like to see more uh, discussion about it nationally, and just yeah. just to be, get tougher about it, and just just re, and and, t- and I, I think the the fact that it's that it hasn't become uh, more widespread to me says that they're not doing a good enough job of communicating it to the people who would benefit from it the most. Um, well, and you know, I'll just add to that. I mean, to go back to West Virginia for a second. Three years ago, the teachers unions in West Virginia were able to prevent a very small education savings account program that would only have been offered to children with special needs. Mm-hmm. The unions blocked that. They were able to block that through the Red for Ed movement and everything else. And fast forward to this legislative session, and we now have a near universal program in place. And so, you know, again, I think this comes back to not only were there their members there in West Virginia who are willing to, to stand up for it, you had great folks on the ground, like the Cardinal Institute, but also just this recognition on the part of parents that it does work out much better when they control the money. And it gives them the opportunity when schools stay closed or when there is content that is put into place that they find objectionable to actually vote with their feet. I have a little less than a minute to go here, uh, and I'm up against a hard break. Real quick, um, what what is it uh, about um, merit that might be holding this back because the critical race theory that they're pushing says that uh, basing things on merit is racist. The, the throwing that into the mix, how's that going to work? Right. right. Well, we could spend all day right. <laughs> talking right. about the problems with critical race theory right. and what that has meant for merit-based approaches like California trying to move away from the SAT or the University of California system. Yeah. Um, you know, this is why school choice is so important, not only to combat those ideas, but it really does level the opportunity playing field. When you no longer attach where you can afford to buy a home to where your child can attend school, that provides all the opportunity in the world, all the opportunity to progress 
to you know go through those merit-based approaches and and to really have access to learning options that are going to enable you to climb that ladder of upward economic mobility. Lindsay, it may, it all makes too much sense, and uh, it, you know it, it's gradually it may, maybe it's starting to happen. But uh, people like you are pushing it. I'm glad you are. Thanks for being on the show. Stay optimistic. Thanks for having me. <laughs> all right. That's Lindsay Burke <laughs> of the Heritage Foundation. We'll be right back. SRN News. I'm John Scott. President Biden and Iraqi Prime Minister Mustafa al-Kahimi say they've come to an agreement to end the U.S. military's combat mission in Iraq by the end of the year. It's critical for the stability of the region and our counterterrorism cooperation uh, will continue even as we shift to this new phase we're going to be talking about. Speaking from the White House, the president says any further role in Iraq would not be in a combat role. The U.S. will advise and train Iraqi forces. California will require state employees and all health care workers to show proof of COVID-19 vaccination or get tested weekly. And it was announced today that New York City will require all municipal workers to get coronavirus vaccines by mid-September or face weekly COVID-19 testing. On Wall Street, stocks have turned higher, the Dow up 65 points, the NASDAQ up fractionally. This is SRN News. Let's be boring and do a commercial about cash-out refinances. It's Ryan, and our mortgage team will often have a listener say, I think I understand what a cash-out refinance is, but can't that be bad for you sometimes? So let's hit on that. As with anything, it's certainly not the right move for everyone. If we don't have to, we don't want to add a bunch of years onto our loan or increase our monthly payment too much or pay more in the long run. But because home values have skyrocketed so far up the last few years, while rates have come so far down, we've seen many scenarios where listeners today can pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in their home while lowering the years on the overall loan, while lowering their monthly payment, and lowering how much they ultimately pay. The key is to just look at the whole picture and be honest with yourself about your situation. If you're looking for someone to show you your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Metal Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Analyst Consumer Access. Dot or corporate Analyst Number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Okay, we admit it. Pittsburgh is famous for steel. But what about all the other things we're famous for? Take 1980, when we invented the emoticon. How's that for a smiley face? And the terrible towel. Come on, who else can turn a common household item into a sports icon? The Big Mac? Yeah, that was us in 1967. See, we figured if we like it, so will America. And boy, were we right. You get it. We get it. And this station gets you. AM 1250. The answer. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job. It's what we do. You have the same goals we all do. To protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law legal help that lasts a lifetime visit a-h.law this is john stargerwald you know i used to think that all towels are pretty much the same but i found out with my pillow towels that's not the case towels just don't seem to dry anymore they feel soft and lotiony in the storage but you get them home and they don't absorb well mike lindell at my pillow found out that around 2006 towels changed forever they started importing them and adding softeners and other things to the cotton that made them feel good but they didn't work he found the best towel company right here in the usa And they have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. They're all made with USA cotton. They come with the MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. You can get a six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths made with USA cotton, soft and absorbent, regularly $109.99, now $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Enter promo code STAG or call 800 800-716-8087 for these great radio specials. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck 
in traffic? We've got the answer. Looks like a major backup on the Parkway East inbound, jammed up from Bates Street to approaching Stanwick's. That's an accident in the left lane. Your delay up to a half an hour. Outbound Parkway East stacks up Boulevard of the Allies to Edgewood, Swissvale. Parkway West, not doing too badly at the moment. Outbound 28, your delay around 10 minutes from Route 8 up to the Highland Park Bridge. Inbound on the Parkway North, a slight delay as you approach the Fort Pitt Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer, weather. We'll see clear skies for tonight. Expect a low tonight of 63. Tomorrow will be mostly sunny and warm. Tomorrow will reach a high of 88. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy skies with a low of 67. Wednesday, partly sunny and humid with a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon. We'll see a high Wednesday of 86. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Joe Biden must really like Pennsylvania. He's coming back again this week. He'll be in Allentown on Wednesday. He's going to be telling us all to buy American. And he'll be trying to sell his $1 trillion infrastructure plan. Rachel Lee is the director of Northeast Regional Communications for the Republican National Committee. Looking forward to his trip. And she joins us now. Rachel, thanks for being here. John, thank you for having me. So uh, what do you make of the big guy showing up in Pennsylvania again? He was just here a couple of weeks ago. That's right. Well, you know, it's it's close by for him, so it's it's not a, a huge surprise. But I, I will say I do think it's probably a surprise to Pennsylvania workers um, who, quite frankly, this is just quite the slap in the face to small businesses and workers across the state. You know, he's coming in to tout jobs, and yet we see unemployment at 6.9%. Um, we have manufacturing jobs that are being driven out of the state, and our small businesses are still really hurting, John. So um, where do the Republicans stand on the, on the $1 trillion infrastructure plan? Are there some in Congress who are close to voting for this thing? Republicans I'm talking about. Right. Well, you know, I think, I think um, you'll continue to see that that is still unfolding. And while Republicans have been willing to come to the table all along, um, it's unfortunately no surprise that the administration has not been easy to work with on this. Um, they have not been willing um, to have that unity and that transparency that they promised on the campaign trail and they continue to claim they have. And so I think, you know, while they continue, um, the administration, to say that this is a bipartisan effort, um, I I don't think that anyone here can fault Republicans for the amount of time that we are seeing unfolding during this disastrous spending package that, you know, the president is continuing to push trillions on trillions um, as we continue to grow inflation and just increased prices on American families and small businesses. Pat Toomey's from that neighborhood down there. Uh, is he close to voting for this thing? Well, you know, I can't speak for the senator there. Right. And, and I think what we will see, though, is that um, he, like other Republicans, have put forth their best effort. Um, Republicans have been leading on infrastructure, and uh, we know what our communities need. You know, you're here with Pittsburgh, the city of Bridges, and um, Pennsylvania knows that we need help with infrastructure. But what we don't need help on is calling things that aren't infrastructure, infrastructure. Um, We're just continuing to see Democrats lump in policies um, for big spending packages that have nothing to do with solving the infrastructure problems that are truly at hand here that, that are facing Pennsylvanians and, quite frankly, the rest of the country. Yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. But um, Pat Toomey, who's on his way out, uh, he says he would consider it, quote, based on its substance. Uh, Does anybody know what the substance of this thing is or or can anybody define it? You know, I I think and this is true for um, any sort of um, item in Congress. Unfortunately, you never really know what it's going to be for sure until it gets to the floor. And so um, I think that remains to be seen. But, of course, he's in conversations that um, you and I are not a part of. And, and I think that what we can trust is that um, he knows Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania um, knows Pennsylvanians know that we need help. Um, what remains to be seen, though, is if this package is what what um, would help. I think what we've seen, though, is that the Biden administration's priorities do not lie in the best interest of Pennsylvanians. And they certainly 
um, have not been transparent about their goals um, in this spending package. Uh, Back in May, the Democrats knocked more than half a trillion dollars off of the plan, and the Republicans still rejected it, which is, I guess, a good thing. But what's the most objectionable part of the plan for Republicans, if there's one thing you can put your finger on? I think that this is this. I mean, this package, I think you're just seeing exactly how much overspending they're willing to do um, while mis-selling what this money is going for. And I think while Democrats continue to push this as an infrastructure package, what we are seeing is that this is loaded with wasteful spending time and time again from the Biden administration on what they're pushing out. And they're calling it one thing when really it's another. And so it, again, remains to be seen what will happen here. Um, but I think that they have built a very strong track record in the last seven months of selling things to the American people um, that just quite frankly, the label doesn't fit the bill. Yeah, people used to be able to agree on what um, infrastructure means. Are those days over now? I mean, because if you can call I it anything, not. it means nothing. That's right. You know, I, I hope that that's not true. I, I think that more and more people are seeing that after um, kind of a, a very polarized climate, that um, those far-left policies are not working for the American people. Um, and quite frankly, they're not working around the world. And so I think people are starting to wake up and see that what Democrats are pushing on their agenda um, isn't really the reality of what is happening with their policies. And so, again, I think people are starting to wake up, and I I do hope that um, folks will meet us at the table over reasonable conversations for things that are, quite frankly, just in the best um, interest of the American people. And, and, um, you know, right now we haven't haven't seen a lot of that from the Biden administration, but um, certainly – invite Democrats time and time again to come to the table on things like the border infrastructure, um, you know, and and lowering this outrageous spending that we're seeing at every turn. We're talking to Rachel Lee. She's the director of Northeast Regional Communications for the Republican National Committee. uh, And uh, the big guy is coming to uh, Allentown on Wednesday uh, talking about what what um, infrastructure now means, according to the Democrats. Uh, someone named Edward Glazer, um, he's a Harvard economist, so I'm going to just take a wild guess and say he's a liberal, but I'm not sure about that. Um, he says that he looked at the bill and he said, as, a, as it applies to infrastructure, he said, quote, it does a bit of violence to the English language, doesn't it? So if you're getting a pushback from a Harvard economist, you might be having a little bit of a tough sell. That's right. Well, and um, he probably said it best there. Um, the English language these days is getting yeah. quite the rework from the Democratic Party. Yeah, and according to the New York Times uh, story I saw, said Democrats believe infrastructure is now, quote, any proposal that helps po- people work and lead productive or fulfilling lives. Now, that kind of opens it up to anything, too, doesn't it? That's right. It does. And it, it leads one to ask then, when are we going to fix these bridges? When are we going to fix uh, the crumbling actual infrastructure around us? And clearly, that's not their top priority, or they would have a more straightforward approach to solving the issues that we have at hand, not just in Pennsylvania, but across the country. It's interesting. I went to West Virginia yesterday. Uh, I drove about an hour and a half down into West Virginia. And on my way back, uh, we, we were on Route 79, Interstate 79. <laughs> And uh, the, the the difference in the quality of the road changed like immediately after we crossed the sign that said, Welcome to Pennsylvania, which I've noticed for years. And my wife said, Boy, this road's beat up. I said, We just we just came into Pennsylvania where they we have the highest gas tax in the world. I think it's the world. And we have the most expensive. I know we have the most expensive turnpike toll road. The most expensive toll road in the world is the Pennsylvania turnpike. And so that's infrastructure, right? Fix that. That's right. Well, and, you know, what are these um, dollars going towards right now? And and if we're going to truly be allocating, um, you know, when we're in the trillions here with the spending packages that the administration has put forth thus far, um, where, where are the dollars going? And how will they actually solve the actual problems that we're seeing on a day-to-day basis? Because to your point, Um, Pennsylvanians don't need to be lectured on infrastructure needs. We know exactly 
um, how much help we need. And it would be great if while Joe Biden is in town, he took a look around and realized that um, we do have things that need to be fixed and he needs to get his spending in order. By the way, gas uh, in West Virginia yesterday was two ninety nine a gallon. It's three twenty nine here, or something, maybe more than that, three forty something. I don't know. Um, and again, that's there. I don't know what their gasoline tax is there, but it's seventy seven cents here in Pennsylvania. And I got gas, and it was cost me. I mean, I'm not a big. I don't spend a lot of time worrying about the you know twenty cents of a gallon of gas, but it's just it's interesting that you only you only have to go down the road a little bit from here, and the gas is cheaper. Um, so uh, when will the when will inflation become noticeable enough to for, to enough people to make a difference? I mean, people talk about inflation. We're t- we would, you talked about it here. We uh, you'll te- you hear it on the me- in the media. You'll hear politicians talk about it. But uh, how much does the average person need to be affected by inflation before it starts to catch on and reflect in what's done down in Washington? You know, that you raise a good point. I think that people are noticing the impact of inflation without necessarily putting the right name on it yet, which mm-hmm. makes me think yeah. this will happen soon. You know, it doesn't take um, much to find interview after interview of the small business owners on Main Street. There was actually a story in New York Post this weekend from Pittsburgh um, talking about these small family-owned restaurants that are having a huge pinch in their pocketbook now and they're trying to determine how much to raise their prices, but they can't determine that yet because they don't know what the baseline is going to be yet. And so I think people are starting to see these very real ramifications, um, but the baseline is not determined yet. And so I think as this continues to unfold, people are starting to wake up and realize that this unending spending has got to come to a stop. And what does the polling show, Rachel? Uh, is it evenly split between Republicans and Democrats on, on this issue of the infrastructure plan, or are people paying enough attention to it yet? You know, people are starting to pay attention, and we're seeing that uh, the majority of Americans are placing the blame for rising prices squarely on Joe Biden. And so I think, you know, we'll see if that number continues to rise just like inflation is. Um, I think people are certainly paying attention, and, um, you know, he's had his honeymoon with the press. Joe Biden came in here, doesn't have to answer questions. They never give him a bad headline. They let him have a cakewalk in the park. They're covering his ice cream stops, right? But now we're just starting to see that that's not working anymore. People are waking up, and we have small businesses that are talking with the press because the president won't. And they're telling the real story because Americans are being hit hard by these policies. And so um, I I do think that he is continuing um, to catch the attention of the American people in all of the worst ways. And with the direction that he's on, um, that is truly just setting up um, 2022 to hold Democrats accountable nationwide as we take back the House and take back the Senate. Well, there's (laughs) there's also the factor of wherever he shows up, He's liable to make, and there's a pretty good chance he's going to make an idiot of himself uh, if he goes off script. So you always have that to hope for, right? Or maybe even well, to count you know, on. You don't, I was going to say, you don't even have to hope for it at this point, um, whether it's calling someone by the wrong name or yeah. asking what he's doing up there. You just <laughs> never know. So we'll see what happens this week. Um, but unfortunately, those mistakes um, are truly not... Uh, they're not even representative of the huge problems that we're facing here. And I wish that those those were, in fact, our worst problems, right? Well, well there's a video out there today of Joe walking up into a – I think he walks into, a, like, a crowd of media people, and he says something like, I just got my butt wiped. That that Nobody's been able to really figure out exactly what he says. But you can – I mean, <laughs> with all due respect to our audience, uh, that's, that's the president of the United States. And, and – uh, so you might want to go look for that, Rachel. If you just if you um, if you Google that, you'll find Joe saying that because he he said it. And there's some dis, uh, discussion about what exactly it was he said, but it was something that made zero sense, whatever it was. So that's who you're dealing with, and he's coming to Allentown though. So that's right. Uh, we'll see what how that goes. But hey, uh, I appreciate you coming on and talking about this, and hope to have you on again. Thanks. Thank you. Look forward to it. Okay, that's Rachel Lee. She's the director of Northeast Regional Communications for the Republican National Committee, and we'll be right back.
Excuse me, why don't you have life insurance yet? I've got diabetes, and I know the price will be through the roof for the pre-existing condition. Well, actually, SelectQuo makes it easy to get very affordable life insurance, even if you have a health issue. I'm listening. You'll get quotes from some of the country's most trusted carriers. Even with your diabetes, you can get around $250,000 in insurance for as little as a dollar a day. That would be amazing. <laughs> What's it called again? Select Quote. Just call or go to selectquote.com to get your free quote. Get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Call 1-800-694-1010 or go to selectquote.com today. That's 1-800-694-1010 or selectquote.com. Selectquote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. You've heard that saying, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Well, it's also true that no matter how hard you burn in the gym, you cannot outwork bad nutrition. Believe me, I've tried. I spent so much time on the treadmill, but before I went to Soda Weight Loss, I felt like I was just spinning my wheels. But once I went to Soda Weight Loss, I let go of 30 pounds and I've kept it off. As we get older, things change, including your 21-year-old metabolism. Yeah, kiss that goodbye. As you do, open your arms to Soda Weight Loss. There's no diet here, just honest, amazing nutrition that turns your body into a fat-burning machine. No shots, no pills, just an amazing nutritional plan that's super easy and exactly what you need. So what are you waiting for? Soda will make it so easy with their at-home program. Their dietitians and nutritionists will tailor a program that's perfect for you. Get started now at SodaWeightLoss.com. That's S-O-T-A WeightLoss.com. Soda is, say it with me, state of the art. Is it time to push reset and get away with God? Christian Travel creates purposeful pauses to discover the most scenic, sought-after destinations while you immerse yourself in the wonder of God's creation. As you travel alongside the world's top Christian leaders, every step of the way will revive your faith and awaken your sense of wonder. Imagine morning devotions on the deck of a cruise ship as you pass towering Alaska glaciers or tropical Caribbean islands. Perhaps you're longing to set foot in the very places where Jesus walked and taught in Israel. Every day on a Christian cruise or tour brings you to new vistas while you enjoy uplifting music and powerful messages. Get away with God in a faith-focused journey, and the unforgettable memories you create will refresh you long after you return home. For more information, visit InspirationCruises.com or call 800-247-1899. That's InspirationCruises.com or call 800-247-1899. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college... learn new instruments, start skateboarding. Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Gnarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, the uh, remember Rudy Martsky? I don't know if you remember him. I do because uh, I'm a media guy, and he used to write a media column for the USA Today. Uh, it was a sports media column, as a matter of fact. And um, it was pretty well read And back when USA Today mattered, and I had it actually delivered to my house. But uh, he has a tweet here today that says, and I don't know, it's, it's, well, I'll just read it to you. NFL is closing in on mandating that all television and radio network broadcasters must be vaccinated, and any unvaccinated broadcasters won't be allowed to call games in any stadium this upcoming NFL season. Now, he says it's closing in, so it hasn't happened yet, but they're talking about it. But I also see that uh, Najee Harris, the uh, Steelers' number one draft pick, 
has not been vaccinated, and the Steelers are one of the most vaccinated teams in the NFL. And they're saying that um, the NFL, in case you missed it, last week announced that if uh, a team has multiple players test positive for COVID and can't put a team on the field, there will be no rescheduling. They forfeit. They forfeit the game. And the players will f- who, on that team that has to forfeit will not be paid. I don't know if you know this, but NFL players get game check. They get paid week to week during the season. They get a, a game check every week. That's how they're paid. So a guy like Ben Roethlisberger, who's making $20 million a year, uh, now he was making closer to 30 until this year, but he gets, you know, a million and a half dollars a week during the season. So they'll be out of that. So they're really putting the pressure on these guys to get vaccinated. Again, I keep asking, has the survival rate on this disease changed? It's 99.7. For a healthy NFL player, it's probably, they probably owe points. That's probably, their survival is probably over 100%. Um, and this, the, the, uh, the golfer, John Rahm, he was yanked out of, off the golf course uh, at the end of a third round of a tournament uh, right before the U.S. Open because he tested positive for COVID. And everybody said, well, you know, he knew the rules. That's, that's, he deserved that. That's, you know, he should have gotten vaccinated. He was vaccinated. And he went. He was on his way to a tournament. He's been vaccinated since he was he, he was leading the tournament and was told he couldn't play anymore because he tested positive. Uh, and since then, he's been vaccinated. He won the U.S. Open, and he was on his way to another tournament for this, to play in this past weekend. And he tested positive again, and so he wasn't able to play. So he. He lost out on hundreds of thousands of dollars because he was going to either win that tournament or finish very much in the money and win a lot of money. He got that yanked. I think it was the Memorial Tournament. Uh, and then he was told he couldn't play in this tournament. So, But in between, he was vaccinated, and he still was positive. That's where we are. That's the insanity that we have. And it looks like there is no end in sight. But there is an end in sight for this radio program. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. This is John Staggerwald. You know, I used to think that all towels are pretty much the same, but I found out with my pillow towels that's not the case. Towels just don't seem to dry anymore.